You're listening to The A-Game, an adcom podcast chronicling the week in media, technology, and agency life, featuring Joel Hammond, Jim Ganser, and Jeff Culleton. Do you ever get the sense you're being followed? It's not that creepy guy in the Burger King parking lot, Joel Hammond. Yeah. <laughs> it's that creepy app on your phone. They don't call him the king for nothing. Who's in on it? Who's profiting? And who's willing to make concessions in light, of, in light of this information? You're listening to The A-Game. My name's Jim Ganser. And might I say that we've got a very good show this week, not because of the topic, which is a great topic. It's a great topic. Great topic. But we have managed to find a fourth microphone. <laughs> so now we have all your favorites with us today. Might I introduce Jeff Culleton? Hey. How you doing, Jeff? I'm well, thank you. And by the way, that fourth microphone, where we found it, was Amazon. Oh, ooh, Amazon. So, you know, small, well, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be an A-game podcast without the Amazon magic. Maybe you've heard of it. Dropped um, it in. Thank you. Yeah. I'm happy to be here. Can I, of our, this will be our 18th episode, it's never felt more complete than it does right now with the quartet together. That's right. And the quartet, rounding out the quartet, Joel Hammond. Hello. I too am well. Thank you. He's doing very well. And young Morgan Rooks, who is now a new regular on the program. Morgan. Reg. I'm a reg. Wow. This is like official official. I'm really, I'm actually legit excited. This to was the end game. Be here. To get with, you here all the time. Yeah. No, to be this here is with the A game. No, this is the A game. game. Uh, Jim, before we go further, can I compliment you on the intro? That was very serial. Like, yeah, it was well, that, I, was, I that was good. I don't know. That felt As right. We really Jeff, started that felt to piece right. this together yeah. into a maybe top five in the United States podcast. I think what you just did right there has taken us further than almost anything in our level. Yeah, of that felt right. It did. Yeah, and it did if felt. you all agree out there, whether you're listening on Stitcher, SoundCloud, oh. or Apple, please rate the program five stars. Make it easy for other people to find it. That's a great point. And we've we've gotten a lot of positive feedback on the show, uh, mostly from relatives and very very close friends, maybe spouses, clients, clients too, been... and even a few salespeople. That we work with. Um, I feel like that guy was trying to kiss up to you, by uh, the way. Probably. I don't know. Like, we have a history. Okay. All right. Uh, Greg, thanks Shout for the call Greg. earlier today. Sorry I was 20 minutes late, but I'm perpetually 20 minutes late. But anyway, we don't need to get into the details there. Uh, one of the topics we wanted to dive into, and this is all stemming from a podcast that I kind of I uh, happened upon on Monday coming into work. Because, you know, I've got a longer commute for the most part. Yeah, I listen to far. The Daily with uh, Michael Barbaro. I can say that, you know, we're we're all kind of in the same world as Michael since we all have a podcast. <laughs> yep. his, is, his is number two in the country. Ours is maybe number two in the building. Um, but number one in your hearts. But uh, one of the, the topics that they got into is the business of, and we've talked about data on the program before, maybe to a fault. But this is kind of a different angle on it because we're talking about location data and who's actually profiting from it. Uh, I think this is a topic that we're all very close to because we work in an ad agency and we work for clients and brands that really care about relevance with regard to the, their advertising. But I think the average consumer doesn't re- realize the, the level of detail that we could potentially tap into in order to make sure that we're hitting the right people. And many times, Jeff, you had brought up the, the topic of Google search and how the currency is relevance, but this idea of actually getting down to 
patterns that people travel on a daily basis unlocks a new level of relevance for advertisers. Uh, have you read the? Have you listened to the podcast? Have you read the article? What's your initial take on on what you saw? I, there is. So I have some very formalized opinions on that I've written about uh, about GDPR. So I think that all of this lines up together, and location-based data is, is the next logical step to that. Um, but GDPR that's taken hold in Europe, um, you know, for, at a very basic level, forcing uh, organizations to have uh, explicit consent and then audit trails on uh, data uh, in general that they hold on their clients. Um, I, I, the location stuff, marketers are, we push the data. We push it. We're always going to push it until the line where somebody says, eh, that's too far. We haven't found it. So like anything, like the Google example, if it's relevant and it's not overbearing, it's fine. Somebody's going to make it relevant and overbearing, and we're going we're gonna to reach a line. I think it's very hard in the current political environment to see GDPR or something to that effect taking hold here in the near future. But, I mean, there's, there's legislation in California that very much lines up to that. Morgan, we were talking about um, IP-based, or excuse me, um, what is it, modem-based targeting? IP-based IP IP targeting. targeting, which I feel falls into the realm of creepy. But do you, like, that, that starts to get into the, I didn't actively find you, you more actively found me. I mean, I think we touched on this a little bit last week when I said I feel like my job is equally parts cool and creepy. Um, and we continually find the line or, you know, edge towards the line of, of where where we find creepiness and where, like, we're going too far. Um, ultimately, I think as marketers, our goal is to just get as target as possible. That's the thing we hear from people. They don't want ads, but if they have to have ads, they want ads to be as relevant as they possibly can be, and we can't do that without data. So I think that's where we start to see things like location-based targeting, things like IP targeting to try to get down to that level of relevancy and of course it helps the marketers itself it helps it helps the consumers itself as well and to avoid cookies so cookies are going to be a gigantic thing in a legal sphere over the next five years because current legislation is written around cookie data cookie data is the thing everybody's you're gonna have to validate your cookie data you're gonna have to tell everybody that you know you click here because you know we're going to cookie your data so on and so forth ip-based targeting does it circumvent that doesn't it that stuff is going to be that's going to be figured out in a court of law. It, I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't. IP-based targeting is only as good as as the refresh data. If your i if you if your network resets, if your provider resets your network, your IP is going to change. Therefore, that data is no longer valid. The beauty, or perhaps the lore, I should say, of these this geolocation targeting, is that your mobile ID doesn't change. It stays with you. It stays with your phone. So you don't have to worry about it refreshing like a cookie or um, or like an IP or expiring like a cookie. It stays with you. It pinpoints you. And it does tell the whole story of your life. And that may be a story you don't want to be told. This is a legitimate question because I don't know the answer to this. Does that reset when you get a new device? I'm not actually. I, I believe it does, but I'm not 100% I mean, certain. I think so. It would just only make sense that you can't have a unique identifier of a mobile device that you replicate across instances of an iPhone. I'm not certain I don't know if the it's, I'm going to look that up. I don't know the answer. I'm not certain if it's on a device level or a SIM card level. 
Ooh, Ooh rough. Wow. We should have a new slogan for the show. Um, the A game. We'll get back to you with that information. <laughs> Sorry. That's how prepared we are this week. Joel, would you like to jump in on that? <laughs> Joel, how are they actually collecting data through smartphones? I, for the average person out there, you, they might not fully understand how this technology works. How exactly does it work? All right, so I get an app, and I, of course, for convenience sake, allow app X, X, Y, and Z to um, track my location. Okay, so, uh, okay, here's a great example. I get the Burger King app because I love fast food You're damn right. Burger King. Okay, and I'm Chicken not fries. the creepy guy in the Burger King parking lot, by the way. The I just go and get my food, okay, guys? What do you get? Uh, Hershey pie. I like chicken, chicken fries? fries? Yeah, I like chicken fries. Oof. I could be talked into buying a one cent Whopper though, but <laughs> anyway, well, I digress. So I get, we get an app. Hey, can we can we track your location so we can let you know where the nearest location is or the latest deals in your location? So that's how they're tracking um, my location. What I thought was the creepiest part of the story, and we'll we'll tweet this out if you follow us at the AdCom Group on Twitter. We'll tweet out when we tweet out the link to this show. We'll tweet out the uh, the story. This is this is based on. It's really fascinating, but. If this New York Times reporter can get this data and track these people, here, here's the creepiest part. There are some crazy people out there, and one of the examples they used, one of the people they tracked was going to a Planned Parenthood, okay? So obviously that's a very politicized issue. That's highly personal. Neither, highly personal, neither here nor there, but that's a very um, – it's a dangerous um, – availability for people who can use that for nefarious uh, reasons. Um, how about Morgan and I were ch ch uh, chuckling about this at our desk? How about pers uh, personal injury lawyers uh, targeting ERs? Right? I mean that that Are is crazy. That, right, absolutely, absolutely. That is that's crazy. A twenty-one billion dollar industry is what uh, New York Times reported. It's it's massive, and it, you know you know this is going on, but you don't quite get a sense until you see a, a, an illustration or a or an animation on the, on the Times website of like tracking somebody from home to work, to the doctors, to their ex-boyfriend's house. You know, it's crazy. Absolutely crazy. Yeah, so we work closely with a few healthcare clients, and we also work very closely with a lot of these geolocation companies. And that area, you know, the geofencing around hospitals is something that we stay far away from. That's when you start to get into, like, the realm of HIPAA. Um, anything involving children is also, like, a really shady area that you don't want to get into. So Joel and I were actually comparing the fact that, you know, you have – lawyers geofencing ERs to this is the modern day equivalent of how lawyers put up billboards outside of of hospitals sure. I mean but on a much more personal level well it's the, it, it, I, I know hospital systems probably the more diligent ones with their reputation don't retarget based off of certain criteria certain content that you've looked at because if you've been diagnosed with something that's potentially terminal obviously a massive life shift you don't want that following you around the internet you don't want to go, you know, be looking at the news and have an ad pop up to you, you know, about oncology or, you know, the specific type of cancer you might have. That's and that is there is a certain amount of common sense that you can't lose in this kind of stuff. No matter if it would generate a lead or an appointment, whatever the case is, you you can't lose the humanity of what you're doing for a metric. And I think that's key. And brands that do that lose in the short term, win in the long term every single time. Something you just said reminded me of a tweet I, I saw the other day. Oh, and I, I read that one. Did you, it, unbelievable. Oh, my God. This is a woman um, 
basically was targeted on hashtags she was using. She set up a registry. You know, she Amazon obviously had, had gone to Amazon or Bye Bye Baby, Ding. set up a registry. Um, but she wasn't stopped serving ads. Uh, after the baby was still after the baby was stillborn. Oh, yeah. It, it, what? And here's the thing. So your face that is, is exactly. But the permutations. So we're the ones trying to come up with the permutations of how could this go wrong, right? And the human condition is, yeah, I can think about the normal stuff. If you have cancer, I don't want. We don't dig down a level. Because it's not fun. Because it's just, it's, you don't want to think about it. And so doing these, you know, how deep do you get as you're doing your communication strategy around where am I putting my paid ads where I start, you know, uh, cloistering off these types of things? You know, is the meeting with the brand like, hey, this could happen. We have to, we have to know. Yeah, that was a tough one to read. That's, that's a tough one to read. I'm, it's, it's awful. It's gut-wrenching. But like, huh, what do you do? That's a that's a hard it's a hard place to be, and that's something that we can't solve for with targeting or or with marketing. Um, again, not to seem cruel or callous, but the same thing could happen with television exposure. Like if you're you know watching certain programs at certain times, she could be targeted with Pampers ads or other things directed at parents, which would be similarly painful. Yeah. Um, and it's it's really hard. Th- those are just really hard situations that, that you just cannot plan for. Mm-hmm. And also, when these when these platforms were constructed, the the basis as they grow so significantly, you can get upset that these use cases come to light. Th- this isn't the reason that they were created. I mean, there's there's some natural collisions in the universe that just suck, and that happens to be one of them. Yeah, I'm. I'm kind of glad that the topic has come up. I know that it's a really grim tale, but it really comes down to when you're sitting in the chairs that we're sitting in, you need to take that extra layer of precaution when you're you're messaging people out there. And and there's been times in the past where um, myself, others I've, I've worked with have, have taken more of a stance of, it's not that we're putting media plans together, but we're, we're actually acting as consumer advocates. What do they really want to hear? What's adding value to them? And there's actually a theme of the week. Um, this week in AdCom, you know, on Monday mornings, we, we put up a theme of the week. And this week, it's all about the fact that um, technology is a tool, not a strategy. And this is one of those cases where if you let a machine run wild and and just execute, execute, execute without putting the proper uh, constraints and process against it to do the due diligence, it could potentially run wild and, and harm your brand. So it's not good enough to look at the, you know, the sizzle slide and the new business pitch and understand all the tools and resources that people are using. You need to be able to look somebody in the eye and know that they've got the right process so that the people that are empowered by the tools that they're using are doing the right things and putting the brand first. Technology is just an amplifier. It amplifies whatever you give it. You give it good, it amplifies good. You give it bad, it amplifies bad. The difference between that, either one of those sides, is how much thought you put into it. Both good and bad. But it's just an amplifier. It's an enabler of 
you know, of, of targeting and messaging. It, it, there's nothing about it that makes you better at being a good marketer. Yeah. So I think we would all agree that the New York Times is a pretty reputable source, right? You know, and meh, fairly mainstream. Yeah, no, it's, it's a joke. I, I, I agree. <laughs> fairly, <laughs> JK, JK. fairly mainstream source. And this article is very much an eye-opener, right? Uh, have you guys heard anybody talking about this article this week? It's a hard no. no. And the interesting thing is none of the industry pubs have picked it up. And I think it's because we, those of us in this industry, we know. We know this is happening. We know how this data is, you know, being tracked. Um, but there's a few other sources that have talked about it that have picked it up. But I didn't think, I thought there would be much more outrage, much more communication about it than there actually was. That's kind of the thing that scares me a little bit. You know, you, you see these articles come out and, and it's a cautionary tale. And, you know, you don't know what level of detail um, is being sold and shared. Is it all parsed parts and pieces? Is it like the, the whole enchilada of, you know, somebody's 24-hour period, seven days a week? You don't really know the detail to it. But people aren't outraged. And I don't know that people are ever going to be outraged. But when you read through an article like this, it's staggering. And I don't know if it's because we're too close to it. That's part of it. Um, but the average person spends five hours a day with their smartphone, and they use it upwards of 80 times. So basically, if I've got a free second, I'm picking up my phone and I'm doing something with it. And it makes me wonder, you know, is it worth it? All the free apps and all the, you know, I can answer any question at any point in time. There was a point in my life where, you know, you had nothing but your curiosity and <laughs> and a dictionary and an encyclopedia Britannica. Yeah, and, and you would do things like debate. So but uh, you don't let's have not that rom- let's not romanticize the nineties like we the, we had we were just smarter because we didn't no. have phones. No, no we spent we a lot of our time smarter. on hold. That was the thing. But you can convince somebody when you're wrong that you were right and well I guess you could still do that. Or you could convince you can convince yourself. Um, that's that's a uh, Case study of one right here, <laughs> or focus group, might I add. Uh, but there is actually, there is a product that is <laughs> technically on the marketplace. <laughs> yeah. And I want to run it past you guys because I'd love to get your take on, you know, is this, is this, at a, are you buying or selling on this product? I love this one. Love and this game. It's been, it's been positioned as a dumb phone. <laughs> so rather than being a smartphone, it's a dumb phone. <laughs> they don't and call it that, right? That's not the name. No, it's okay. not. It's, it's actually <laughs> called the Light Phone, oh. L-I-G-H-T, and they're actually in the process of coming out with a second model. But the idea of this phone is it's your second phone. So it links up with your, your primary smartphone, and it runs like on a SIM card in 2G. But the idea is you can leave your phone behind so you can be present but still be aware. aware. Like if somebody's trying to get a hold of you or if you need to make a phone call, you can do it. You could program up to nine numbers, and you make those speed dials by pressing down on the one and holding it, and then whoever's number one on your, your call, you, you actually call. There's no texting. There's no GPS. It's nothing but a phone. I am a strong buy. Strong buy on Strong that? buy. That's my Jim Cramer strong buy. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, think about it. I mean— 
for the most part, we're talking about we have to deal with finding cords to plug your phone in. Our smartphones are dying because we're using it 80 times a day. Can I ask a question? Am I saying is this a strong buy as I think this is going this is going to be a product that is successful in market or am I a focus group of one? Focus for group me? of one. For, focus group of one. Strong buy. <laughs> think it's got <laughs> no legs whatsoever. Got it. Yes. Yeah. I mean it's it's not it's not good for your eyes. No. I mean when I'm with Morgan I want to be present with Morgan listening to what she's saying. Talking about her new haircut which looks yeah. very nice. No, oh, thank you. Um I'm I'm would never buy that product I'll be honest with you. And it it's because I don't need to be in constant communication with other people, but I am so enamored with the ability to answer questions and get information at a second's notice. I mean, I was the kid that had my own encyclopedia set, and I read them, and I loved them, and I read atlases, and I was a huge dork, and I'm okay with that. So I don't think I could ever give up that information yeah. connection. Hey, just a quick caveat. Can you read an atlas or you just kind of look at it? Uh, you, some atlases There's you words? can. Yes, they have this. Some atlases do have histories. and under the impression and, that was just a picture book. <laughs> <laughs> Probably one of the reasons I'm real bad at geography. <laughs> yeah, I worry, I worry uh, a lot about eyes and, and screen time, but I'm also, you know, that uh, – I'm an information junkie, you know, you I like to be connected and, and, and be uh, as educated as I can on current events and that sort of thing. So um, I'm not, I am not going to use that product, but at the, while, while acknowledging that there are significant um, uh, factors that as, as reliance on this device, there are significant um, uh, And by this, Joel looks like up a phone. Downfall. So I was just going to say, so Joel's phone's right next to me. If I turn it over, how long is it going to take him? Oh, that's fine. Yeah. Until, okay. Yeah, we'll it's see. fine there. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see, friend. Well, he's probably just checking what time it is. Mm, I'm sure he is. Mm. He's keeping us on track. No. It's not it at all. Oh, he's boy. Oh, boy. He's looking at those Twitter notifications. Yes. Yes. Baseball you know, trades. What, what I'd, I'd like to emphasize about this product is it's not an or product. It's an and product. That's a good point. So it's not a replacement for your phone. It's just... If you go home and you want to get away from your email or you want to spend some time with your kids or you want to go for a run or a hike or just be present in the moment, you've got the peace of mind of knowing that you can make a phone call if you need to or somebody can get a hold of you. Um, although they are coming out with a new model called the Light 2, which will have a little bit more advanced functionality. Which and has, it's a nightlight. It has the most critical piece for me personally. Um, just a little insight for the folks out there. I am reliant upon the uh, alarm clock on my phone. It's like I yes. I, I am like a slave to the um, the alarm clock. I need it. Can Even I, though I always wake up at the same time, uh, that's like the that would be maybe the one thing beyond the obvious that would be a big issue for me and Light 2 actually has that functionality. Can I can we talk about something real quick? It's not technology yeah. related. Well, it is technology related, but it's something that I'd like the three of you to try. Is this okay. the shower thing? No. <laughs> is it a Whopper? Is it a scent Whopper? No. Um, I did have a Whopper after the holiday ago. party. I had a few drinks and found myself in the drive-thru at Burger King. When was this? Oh. Was this Friday night? Friday is this night. real? Is this yeah. true? Yeah, it was about 8, 11.30. That's Oof. amazing. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. hot take. Brunswick. Yes. Find it. How was uh, it? it was I know exactly where that one is. <laughs> it was better than I remember. <laughs> better than I remember. Exactly. So two months ago, I went to Target. I bought an $11 alarm clock. I put my phone... 
started charging it downstairs at night. Huh. Because I would wake up in the middle of the night, I would turn over to see what time it is, and then I would see my notifications, and my brain would automatically just click on. Interesting. It has been... I will look back at this as one of the subtle changes that has changed me for the better in 2018 and beyond. Interesting. Phenomenal. Get yourself an alarm clock. I try to, um, since we're on mechanisms to ease our reliance on our phones, so when I get home, the moment I walk in the door from work, I try not to touch my phone until after the kids are in bed. Okay, How's so that go for you? Really? It's tough. Yeah. I mean, I don't always succeed, but but um, my wife and I, my wife similar to us, like connected, like email all the time. She works for a, a team, a, a company whose busy season is right now, you know? So, um, but we, we try our best to, uh, and it, it helps, you know, I mean, you're on it. Like you said, you're on it all day. Like if you can steal that two and a half hours and make sure your, your kids know you're present. I think that, um, it, it's small things. It doesn't always happen, but try. So to steer back slightly towards oh. the, uh, the geolocation topic, um, not the, this conversation hasn't been wonderful, but to steer back slightly, I just bought a new car, Ooh. and oh yeah, it has so many great features. But one of the craziest features is that it has an app connection, and all of the uh, remote start and remote features on the car are satellite based. So, at any particular moment, I could find out where the car is. I can put uh, speed limits on the car. I can put a geofence on the car. I can do so many things, and if my car's ever stolen, they can find it, they can slow it down, they can stop it. How long before we start getting targeted ads based off of our movements in our vehicle? Because we already know that ads are showing up in those, the in-dash entertainment systems through apps. So how long until we start getting those sort of geo-targeted and geo-fence and geolocation ads? Wow. Yeah, and isn't that part of, uh, I mean, for, for, can I reveal the manufacturer of your vehicle? Yeah, sure. So for Hyundai, like, isn't that an offshoot of de- developing this technology? So we developed this technology. We pitch it as a benefit to our to our customer, and then we're able to. I'm sure they're they're going to be able to turn around and monetize it at some Absolutely. point. Yeah. Think about this. So automotive as an industry is changing so drastically to mobility. All of these companies are having to to pivot. And if you want to learn more about that, you can listen to episode fifteen. Fifteen. Of so would Starbucks pay? Hyundai, X percentage of a sale, if that push notification happened within a geofence of 500 meters of a Starbucks, somebody immediately diverts into that Starbucks and gets themselves a caramel macchiato mm. and then goes on their way. Ooh, Some unique good. identifier of a code. Sounds delicious. It does sound delicious. <laughs> but that's, that is an untapped, also potentially dangerous from a, you know, a, a attention standpoint, um, mechanism of marketing. If I gave you the option of um, Morgan's example of advertising, using the technology within the car to hit people, and I told you if you had to choose between five weeks from now or five years from now, what do you think that that would be in terms of the functionality within the car to actually target you in that way? You mean What's like when's it going to Would you when's... say it would be more likely to be five weeks or oh, five it's, years? Oh, it's doable right five now. Five weeks, yeah. It is do this very moment. It is being betaed in an R and D facility somewhere, mm-hmm. without a doubt. Tell I'll you let you know when I see my first ad outside. I, of that. I mean, I, I use Waze every day. Yep. And Waze already see, has all those Dunkin'. ads right in there. Yeah, Dunkin' Donuts. Yep. It's a big one. Ohio Lottery Get-go. is a big one. Taco Bell. Um, I don't know. Yeah. It just it's good. it's not far away. Tell you what, 
from a um, someone who likes to go to car dealerships and uh, mess with the sales. Do you really? Well, oh, jeez. Yeah. Car salespeople are people too. Yeah, uh, no doubt about it. We're learning a lot about care. Joel. I don't care. Yeah. But go ahead. Here's one more thing. So, as an educated uh, purchaser of a vehicle, now I'm going to be able to say, look, if I'm going to leave this dealership, I'm going to be served ads by people who are paying you. Um, I'm going to need another. <laughs> I want another. X amount of dollars off the sales price. How much gratification do you get, and what do you need to do to win in a car dealership? You've just exposed. Like I, I got to know more about this. No, I think it's more about making sure that you're. I think it, it, it's more about this. This applies to anything we're talking about here. Be an educated, educated consumer. Like I don't. You know, they make their money off somebody that goes in there and and lets them talk to them about seventy two months financing and like just don't do that. That's all. <laughs> Don't do that. Just don't. The, don't on the that. next A game. So, on the next A. Here are other tips on not to be. Do. <laughs> no, it brings up a good point on negotiations, and and we're probably running out of time, but to kind of wrap it up with a bow, so we could put a pin in this topic for next Ooh. week, perhaps. Cliche, cliche. Um, the secret of negotiation, and this is why I love the idea of Joel going in without the intention of buying a car, just to see how far he can take it. No, I don't do that. I, no, when I go to buy a car. By I, the way, that's I exactly like, what I, I bet just he got does. I, I like does. the process of going to buy a car. Other people don't like it. I like it because I like to engage in the process. That's all. The well, here's the secret. I'm going to let you guys in on the secret. You have to be willing to walk away. Absolutely. And, say and the sometimes F-word. you Hot need to car talk with walk away from it. Because once you establish the fact that you're going to walk away and somebody else is going to get that money, people start bending over backwards. Get that that paper, that paper Get that money. So keep that in mind. Figure out how you can get enough equity and leverage with your clients, ad people, to get the okay from them to say no. And then all of a sudden, doors are going to start opening for you. There you have it. You might have just solved some life problems. It's true. Yeah. These 2,500 downloads, these people are going to appreciate you. Any other parting words, young Morgan Rooks, that you can leave the uh, the big fans of the show with? Wow, parting words. Um, I think that if you're listening to this and you are shocked or outraged by location-based targeting, if you read that article and, and you feel um, so violated, that you need to take a more active role in in your advertising. Take a more active role in reading your, um, your terms and your privacy policies. And yes, some of them aren't clear, but... Um, to quote a show I don't watch, uh, Once Upon a Time, all magic comes at a price. So if you want free apps, sometimes this is what comes with it. Yeah, next week we're definitely going to have to find out how um, Morgan gets quotes from shows that she doesn't watch. Yeah, which is pretty amazing. And then also kind of splices them together with Paula Ab. Oh, and by the way, if you like getting great marketing articles fed to you, custom, curated by Mr. Jeffrey Culleton, Follow us on LinkedIn. And while you're at it, Twitter, at the AgCom Group, Facebook, and our personal favorite, Instagram. Yes. Make sure you message us back. Let us know what you think of the article. Once again, if you have any ideas out there, people, let us know. We'll catch you next week on the A-Game.